Welcome to Ancient Answers, our program on dealing with current and modern challenges by referencing the works of ancient thinkers that deal with similar matters in the human condition. My name is Shane. And I'm Gordon. Welcome to Ancient Answers. Our episode today, this is going to be very exciting, it's part two on our topic of assassinations. If you didn't get enough death and mayhem the first episode, <laughs> we're going to come back with a whole new second one. <laughs> so indeed, uh, Caligula ended up being assassinated by a group of his Praetorian guards who were part of his retinue that took care and protected him within his own um, home, mm-hmm. actually. Uh, but that set an unfortunate precedent. Yeah, it certainly did, but t- just to... To give some sort of comparison and contrast, we, we just talked about, or at the end of our previous episode, we talked about all the good that Caligula did when he first came on the scene, but now when you look at the later years of his reign, well, there were all kinds of rumors about sexual depravity and incest and bloodlust and short temper. He would kill people on a whim. Uh, he had such disrespect for the Senate that he tried to elect his own horse consul and now, a lot of these can be taken with a grain of salt because they were written by people who came after the fact or who weren't terribly fond of Caligula. However, even if you remove the more extreme cases, there's still a lot of terrible stuff that was going on. And it is very clear that this was not a particularly sane individual. Yeah, and that's unfortunately <laughs> the case in history that when you give people ultimate authority over a group, you mm-hmm. know, in a nation-state or a city-state or something like that, and they have mental unbalances, and we have a much better understanding of how the mind works and how sometimes problems can creep in. Yeah. We can see some patterns. Uh, I mean, history does have a, 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 an increasing crescendo of problems from, let's say, uh, ancient Rome on all throughout European history. We see also within uh, Asian history where assassination became a more common political process mm-hmm. for making change. Well, and, um, oh, sorry, were you going to say something else? I was going to make one that thing, just <laughs> Nero was the other person. Now, he committed suicide, but we understand he killed himself because he was literally confronted soldiers that were coming into his into his room and were prepared to kill him as an assassination. That's right, yeah. he Nero was just about as popular as Caligula was, except he was a lot more greedy. Um, he, he actually built the, he bankrupted Rome to build this great, big, lavish, golden palace. Uh, and that was sort of the final straw. But he also had these weird religious beliefs. He felt he was more of an artist than a uh, a leader, and he was a, he was an odd duck. And he had some mummy issues as well. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he was again Nero and Caligula were cut from the same cloth. But you, you that is absolutely correct that he's Nero's death isn't credited as an assassination. It was a suicide. However, it was a forced suicide. Yeah, where so it was kill yourself or we'll do it for you. We'll basically. do it for you. Now, we see um, at that point, and we're still kind of focusing on the Roman history, there's also mm-hmm. other histories out there of other great cultures. Um, however, it's an interesting because it's so well documented, it gives us an insight into the human condition. Mm-hmm. And we realize that we see a pattern then developing where political assassinations became much more norm. Because there had always been a bit of a, re- a resistance to do that by people because of the perception that leaders were divinely appointed or selected, therefore you would be going against the gods or God in that process. Now, the Roman Empire uh, in the 200s, what we call the 3rd century crisis point, from roughly 226 to 285, uh, we saw an astonishing 23, sorry, correction, 26 Caesars appear during that short time, an average span of two and a half years or three years each. Only two died of natural causes. (laughs) 
The other ones well, were all assassinated, well, they all or died. two died in battle. <laughs> they all died of natural causes. If you're going to get stabbed or poisoned, naturally you're going to die. You're going to die. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that isn't powerful because you'd say that that was so disruptive. Oh. That, and certainly from the world perspective of that time, the most stable empire that was financially robust, it had its powerful military, it had everything, started to see serious cracks in its stability. Yeah. Now, anybody who wants to study the whole historical event of the fall of the Roman Empire is always fascinated by the fact that the series of events, there's no one thing that seemed to say that's the reason why Rome eventually fell apart. But the instability uh, during the third century, where you had these changes of leadership, changes of direction, and, uh, and then at one point you had two parts of the empire that de facto separated. One mm -hmm. was the uh, Great Britain and Northern France that became its own little kingdom for a while, and actually Egypt broke away yep. kind of officially for a while and ran its own things before then being re, uh, uh, retaken militarily to reform the empire. But then we would get to Diocletian, uh, in the 280s and 290s, who began the most massive reform of the Roman Empire. That's right. And he developed the concept of the four leaders, mm -hmm. uh, where you have two Caesars and two emperors, and that was meant to create stability so that if one died, there would be an immediate successor already pre-appointed to take over mm -hmm. as a point of maintaining some political stability because yeah. in the end, you always need the loyalty of the uh, legions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was the, it was very important for any leader of Rome to have the legions on their side. But it's that's so insane, though, that they went through that many emperors in that short of a time. And when I was doing my own research, I, I found out that over the, the 500 years of Roman imperialism, so this would strictly be the Western Roman Empire. This doesn't include Byzantine uh, Empire and Constantinople. Uh, but in the 500 years of the Western Roman Empire, uh, roughly 20% of the emperors were assassinated. So you realize it's always going to have a political turmoil. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. now, if we were to just take... Now, we've, we've covered an in-brief. I mean, obviously, this is a much more extensive topic for our listeners. And we, we encourage you to go check out. There's some great videos out there that other people have created that we really admire mm -hmm. that uh, cover this. What makes it interesting is how does it compare to contrast our world today? Because much of this program is to say, you know, what can we learn from the ancient, the ancient wisdom? And it's... There is an interesting kind of trend because obviously if we reflect on the most recent assassinations that we know of, um, you know, like you mentioned, the two Kennedys, uh, Martin Luther King, you've got people, like I mentioned, Malcolm X, that had an impact later than people realized because yeah. of his position and his struggle for uh, rights for uh, African Americans. Um, but we also look at our world today the political assassination has a much different impact. Mm -hmm. It really does. Because we don't necessarily solely depend on our individual leaders as the ultimate power and control. Whenever you're in a democracy, particularly in a democracy, an assassination of a leader does not have nearly the traumatic effect because there's, generally speaking, a structure in place uh, already thought out what would happen in, in the case of that unexpected death. Mm -hmm. One, one thing I find very interesting when we look at assassinations from history compared to modern times is that over the course of history, it was quite often seen as, uh, you know, you had Caesar, for instance, who again, the actions he was performing were anathema to the Republic of Rome. Caligula, who was frankly just a crazy man that the Senate decided needed to be stopped. 
but then you compare that to some of the assassinations that we've seen in the last hundred years. So Martin Luther King or uh, JFK or Gandhi or even uh, Abraham Lincoln, if you want to go back a little bit further. And I find it really interesting to note that in more modern times, a lot of assassinations are against people who are preaching unity and peace and tolerance. And that's not a trend that I particularly enjoy noticing. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> when you had mentioned that before our recording here, I hadn't actually conceptualized the fact that, yes, many of the most celebrated... Celebrate. <laughs> Celebrate's not the great not word. Not the great word, but you know what I mean? Uh, noted assassinations yeah. in our modern time are the people that, generally speaking, were promoting peace, unity, um, a better effort to get along amongst yeah. the different... I mean, John, John Lennon was assassinated, for crying out loud. Yeah, I mean, there's an artist who was assassinated, whose message was primarily of peace. I mean, we certainly know the music we grew up with listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one that, uh, of the last... 150 years, I'm going to just take a point. I mean, Abraham Lincoln's assassination notwithstanding, um, the most pronounced and most influential assassination happened uh, back in June 28th, 1914. The assassination of Archduke Ferdinand that would have precipitated uh, through a series of events the greatest conflagration and war in human history at that time in Mm -hmm. terms of sheer deaths, sheer destruction, sheer... I mean, it brought in change. Oh. And, I mean, Archduke Ferdinand was not a guy you'd actually be fans of because of his personal life. Uh, he, he, he was not well-liked within his own uh, you know, empire, mm-hmm. even though he was the heir apparent to the, the throne. Um, but the fact that that turmoil, that assassination, that is the one that had the biggest impact for the 20th century, notwithstanding uh, Kennedy's and so on. But the a sheer effect that it set off a war that, in some, from my opinion, also set off another war, a second yes. version, because they didn't settle the issues in the first. Had the First World War not happened, I think we would have had an unbelievable difference in human history mm-hmm. and evolution. It's hard to know where we would go. There's always been speculations about that one. But political assassinations, at the, I mean, at the time, I don't know whether people realized where it would go. And how it would be exploited by the European powers to set scores and start into a military conflict. At the time, they thought it would be just a matter of a few months. Mm-hmm. They'll settle some scores, they'll bloody some noses, and we'll go back to the business as usual, try and take over the world. Yeah. They didn't realize it would consume 8 million men's lives, it would change politics, you would end up with four empires collapsing totally. Oh, it completely changed the world stage. Absolutely. One, one shot. <laughs> one shot. We don't... We have not had that many of those kind of dramatic changes in previous, and particularly assassinations in the ancient world. Mm-hmm. They had their impact, yes. but the impact would take longer to manifest itself over time, mm-hmm. whereas uh, Archduke Ferdinand's assassination in 1914, uh, within four years, the face of the earth had been changed. Yeah. You had a major revolution in Russia, then becoming the Soviet Union, mm-hmm. that would have its enormous impact. You set the grounds of descent, descent within Germany that would boil up 20 years later under the power of Adolf Hitler and his ability to blame, mm-hmm. politically blame things. And, uh, and then, of course, you have the Ottoman Empire that people kind of forget also collapsed as part of World War I's, you know, the effect of a war that was caused and triggered by an assassination. Yeah. Uh, but we know that. Many of the, you who are historians or love history... Well, know and be aware of that. And there are some wonderful recent documentaries, often on YouTube, 
that will cover that topic and give us a perspective in our world today, roughly 100 years later. Yeah. The world we live in today is more impacted by that war than any other real event, I think, in previous human history. Well, th there's a very good reason why. I find it interesting that when the assassination first occurred, uh, it was known as the shot that was heard around the world. And that's something that has become unbelievably true. I mean, as, as you put it, that it led to world... It, it was the first domino that fell that led to World War One, which then was a domino that fell that led to World War Two eventually. And the the only assassination I could think I can think of that had anywhere near that kind of impact was the assassination of Julius Caesar, because as we as we mentioned before, it was his assassination that led to the complete change of Rome went from republic to empire, which then again dominoes after yeah it carried its own trajectory after that exactly. So, and I would argue that the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand had an even greater impact. I mean, World War One and Two, sorry Rome, but it's way bigger than anything that happened way back then. And what I find really interesting is the parallel between those two being such monumental assassinations and such world-changing events was that both of them were almost seriously botched. Because the That's assassination right. of Archduke Franz Ferdinand, I, he, it was in Sarajevo, I believe. That's right. And the Archduke and his wife were part of a motorcade that were parading through town. There was a hand grenade that was thrown at the car. It didn't go off until the car behind them was in, right. in the area. So the Archduke and his wife were all right. But they decided to go to the hospital to visit the people who were injured. And then as they were leaving the hospital, their driver took a wrong turn. And as he took a wrong turn, he, he realized he'd gone the wrong way. He tried to turn around, but the car stalled out while he was uh, correcting his Early mistake. Early technology, car technology. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. you go. So the car stalled while he was correcting his mistake. And, and where did he stall? Right next to the cafe where one of the assassins was sitting. That's right. So it was uh, Prinkeps who was very despondent and morose about 19 the, years old yeah and so he was kind of kind of bummed out about the failed assassination and he looks over and there's the targets right there in a broken down car so he got out of the cafe and fired a couple of shots and goes from there that was the end of it you know it's it's a fascinating i uh i i have found in in the, in the works that i read uh you know assassinations and and key murders that have taken place amongst historical uh, figures do have roles to play, do have impacts to play, but it's also human history is a very huge and complex issue. Mm -hmm. We spent most of this episode talking about, obviously, from the what we call the European theater of experience. Yes. It's because it's well documented. But on there, uh, we have an upcoming episode coming up. We'll we'll talk about uh, assassinations and the impact they've had on other. Uh, cultures and other societies and we'll be able to bring that to you shortly mm -hmm. stay tuned for our next issues as well mm -hmm. um, as we know we've always enjoyed learning from ancient answers and to what the ancient peoples have dealt with and how they wrote and spoke about their experiences and how it affects our experiences today um, I wanted to say thank you very much for those who are listening to our episodes we appreciate your, your patronage uh, visit our social media and make your comments and, and let us know how you think about this and any other topics you may want to suggest. Uh, I'd like to say thank you on behalf of myself, Gordon. And Shane. <laughs> and that we hope to talk to you again on the next episode of Ancient Answers. <laughs> <laughs>